Brother Bernie prayed and, and when Troy was teaching the adult class this morning and touching on things that were are in the morning service and in the sermon this morning, imputation, Bernie was praying about that. I really wanted to finish that, but it's too long to finish. So we've chosen the conclusion. This is just the conclusion for that today. And it's there. A lot of people today believe there are other ways. A lot of churches are teaching. Talking to a man this week of a church in Albury that used to have a quite a lot of people in it. And uh, he happened to visit the pastor at Bellbridge yesterday. And uh, the part, the, well, one of the old pastors will fill in, but he is not able to minister anymore. And it's just sad to see the, re, the numbers reduced just to, to a few older people in the church. And a lot of times it goes back that the message they preach is not what God wanted. It's a message of works. Now, yes, we are to do Christian works, but because we're Christians, not to become Christians. And so we're looking at that this morning. Um, we, imputation is where God gives us eternal life. Uh, he gives us his righteousness. We believe by faith and he gives that to us. It's not a work. And works always negates faith. So which is it for you, faith or works? And it's a very important subject. And a lot of people will end, in, end up in hell because they thought they were doing the right thing and they weren't because they didn't believe by faith to start with. And they will say, Lord, Lord, we've done many wonderful things. There's many hospitals being built by churches. There's many training institutions being built by well, Oxford, <laughs> started by church, Christians, learning institutions. But where are they today? They're the very opposite to the founders' intentions to start them. Um, <clears throat> it all comes back to they've gone to the works for salvation instead of faith. Paul said in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, and we know it well, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word. I pray that we'd take it to heart and read it ourselves and understand it ourselves and by faith believe and have imparted righteousness, a gift of God. And Lord, you accept us on that basis and that only. Lord, we pray for the protection of Andrew in Israel. We pray for the healing of Brother Sorette and that they might unblock this duct. And we pray for Pastor James Harvey as well with the heart problem he has. Lord, minister to each of these men and, and, uh, and the ministries they have. And thank you for them. May there be more of them out there holding the banner of truth, preaching the word of God for your glory. And may it happen today here in the church and on the airwaves as it goes out. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> it's a very simple outline this morning. If we turn to, and it's not in the reference, the first D we have there is diets. Some people think that it's what they eat will get them to heaven. I don't know why they think that, 
But as we look back into the New Testament, it is so. What did the Lord Jesus say? <laughs> if you give thanks for it, all things are edible. Now, I refrain from some things because I've seen where they live and how they live. <laughs> you just don't go there. <laughs> but you're allowed to. And um, with that, we can be thankful for our country and all the hygienic standards that we have in the, in, in the system that gives us and delivers us food that we have. I, I, I've only ever gotten sick once from eating food, and that was from prawns. I never had prawns before, and my sister and brother-in-law took us out for lunch before we moved up here, the, the night before we moved up here to start pastoring or assistant pastor, and I thought, these taste delicious. Give me more. <laughs> <laughs> and I paid for that that night. <clears throat> They're one of those little things that get along the bottom and eat all garbage, aren't they? <laughs> sea cleaners. Anyway, enjoy your prawns. <laughs> but diets, they're not something that will get you to heaven by eating this or not eating that. And Matthew chapter 15, as a reference, is not in the bulletin there. You might add that one in the, in the uh, sermon outline. And verse 11. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defileth the man. It's not the food. Not at all. Then came the disciples and said unto them, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? And he seems to be, the Lord was always offending the Pharisees. He knew he was. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone, their blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, they both shall fall into the ditch. There is a time that comes, and it came in the Lord's ministry. He said, they've had their opportunity. We'll go somewhere else. <laughs> we'll minister to others that want to listen. Then answered, Peter, or, then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. Jesus said, Are ye yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth into the mouth goeth into the belly, and is cast out in the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. It's not a physical defilement, it's a spiritual defilement. It's a heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. It's what comes from within, within. it's not what you eat, it's not the diet you have or don't have. Um, <clears throat> you know, when, we were, when we were younger, we used to catch rabbits and sell them to the local store. We skin them and everything else and then give them and they'd sell them and people ate rabbits I didn't really like them but we did eat a few uh, we used to catch eels in the creek and used to skin them like a sock and uh, eat them it's like eating a snake, they're full of bones I've seen a snake been eaten <laughs> but it's not going to knock you spiritually it's not going to put a relationship between you or break the relationship between you and God by eating these things we might refrain from some now Adolf will eat anything <laughs> I just no horses anymore okay no horse meat <laughs> but you know he he enjoyed used to enjoy hunting and things that he could do and eat all those things taste a bit gamey some of them Adolf but those that come out of the heart the murders, the thoughts, the adulteries the fornications, the thefts, the false witness the blasphemies you say oh, I'm not there, oh yes we are <laughs> yes we are, these things come to our heart and mind and come out of inside, these are the things that defile a man but to eat with unwashed hands or to eat 
whatever doesn't defile you. Paul furthered this if we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. It's all sorts of diets. People are trying to make money off you. Be careful. (laughs) You know, they'll sell you, they want to sell you their product that you buy into what they're doing. Diets are hard things, aren't they? I reckon they're mean. (laughs) You can't, you... Yes, once you've tasted something, you'd like to have that. But the things that Paul spoke about here in chapter 8 of First Corinthians, verse 4, concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered to in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and there is no other God but one. Is that really, when you sum it all up, if it's been offered to an idol, an idol's nothing anyway. They're not real. They're not gods. They're little G's. (laughs) And it's not going to have an effect on you. But verse 7 and 8, However, there is not in every man that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. And their conscience being weak is defiled. And so some people had been in this, uh, this system before as unsaved people and if they partook of something was offered to an idol, it would affect them spiritually. Uh, and he reads on in verse 8, But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are we better, neither if we eat not are we worse. Sorry, vegans. You can eat meat. <laughs> it says it right there. I loathe the day soon that they're gonna, you're going to be eating something you think's meat and it's not meat at all. They're making it. The scientists are manufacturing it in the in the laboratory, and they say, yeah, I want to be able to discern if it's the real thing. I remember Brother Weeks when he turned up once. Where's the beef, brother? The way he talked. Where's the beef? He wanted a steak or something. We I remember going to the butcher shop with him and buying some. Brother Derek could provide fish from his freezer, of course. But that's not beef. Yeah, good. <laughs> okay, we're on the same page. You can eat some meat. Diets do not commend you to God or condemn you before God. Remember that. But we do need to be careful what we partake with our body, don't we? And, and, and we can prove that by overeating the nice things. <laughs> In Acts 15, we won't go there, we haven't time. Verse 28 and 29, don't put a greater burden on the Gentiles than is necessary. He said, for the sake of other Christians, don't eat the meat offered to idols because the weaker brother will be condemned if you do so. He will be upset and he might even go back to to eating meat to the idolatrous worship system. Um, And then in Romans 14, Paul dealt with it again. Verses 1 to 4, 14 to 21 about the the diets and things we eat. Then there are those that think they can get to heaven, not only by what they eat, they diet, but, but by their deeds. And this is a majority of churches these days think this to be so. <clears throat> Romans chapter 3. If we could turn there, Romans chapter 3. And verse 20. An instructor, oops, I'm in the wrong chapter, next chapter. 
Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Remember, we've come from the doctrine of imputation, God imputing his righteousness to us and our sin being imputed to him. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. And as we read on, but now the righteousness of God without the law is being manifest, without the keeping of commandments, without doing things is being manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all men and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. We are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And, and you can read the rest, but down in verse 28, it says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith, without the deeds, without the keeping of the deeds of the law. We will keep the deeds of the law because we believe by faith, but it doesn't save us. It's not what gets us to become his children. In Galatians, well, <clears throat> yes, we'll go to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. Paul said this, Knowing that a man is not justified before God, not made right before God by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So I think it's plainly put, and it's put enough times in Scripture to understand, because the Gospels are full of illustrations of where the people, the religious people of Jesus' day were trusting in their deeds to get to heaven, and they weren't going to make it. They were not going to get there. Or, what did the rich young ruler say? All these things I've kept from my youth up. One thing, Jesus said, sell all you have. He knew where his, his priorities lay was on money and riches. And things. And he went away very sorrowful because he had great riches. And that showed, his works showed that he didn't have faith. He needed faith. <laughs> and then he'd get all the things in perspective and, and right. I pray that we have as Christians got them right. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24 and 25. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. You get this, justified by faith, justified by faith, justified by faith. It keeps on coming through the scripture. And after faith has come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. The law has its purpose to show our sinfulness, to drive us to the Lord Jesus, to the foot of the cross. Um, <clears throat> let's go to the, th the third area here. Those that try to make it to heaven on their dress. Now, I'll, start, I'll preface this by saying that we need to wear modest apparel. I'm not just saying dress as you please. And uh, no, there are the restrictions. But the type of dress does not get you to heaven. And as I've said it before, you go to Israel and see the Orthodox Jewish people. They're dressed so conservatively, you would think they were very godly people looking at their behavior, their decorum. Just a, their, but you talk to them about spiritual matters, you mention the name Jesus, and they get very upset. 
and they think by their dress and as as Andrew's Andrew's got a little pouch like a builder's thing with different nails here and screws in here and this is, he's got it round here and he's got uh, Russian here you know uh, <laughs> another country here another country there and he's looking at them and he can tell by what how they dress and the hat they got on which one to pull out because <laughs> this people this person speaks Russian he's an Orthodox Russian so and and he gives it to them and very rarely will he get it wrong <laughs> that he can give the right one to the right person and if they speak Hebrew he's able to relate to that or English to them but thinking by our clothing that we can get to heaven yeah, there is a clothing by which which we need to get to heaven isn't there there's a robe of righteousness which he gives to those that believe by faith <laughs> but that's not a physical thing and um, I'm not I do not want you to come all dressed sloppily next week to church we come respectfully before the Lord because we uh, are here to worship him and uh, we honor him we if, if you knew that you were going to meet the Lord Jesus at a particular place, how would you dress? If you were going to meet the Queen, how would you dress? Or the King? You see, you show respect to the Lord by that. Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 12 and verse 38. The Gospel of Mark 12, 38. These people thinking this dress will do it. No, and we we touched on it a few weeks ago <laughs> in relation to some that I use an illustration from Lascelles. <clears throat> Mark 12 and verse 38. We read, And he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of the scribe who loved to go in long clothing and love the salutations in the marketplace. And the people bowing, and yes, yes, <laughs> you are a very religious man. I can see that by your dress. <laughs> and uh, it's not true, is it? In James 2 verse 3, it warns Christians not to have respect to them that wear the gay clothing. And that the word gay was different to what we understand it to be today. But very uh, um, expensive clothing, we might say, of that day and put him in a prominent seat. In 1 Peter chapter 3 there it warns that we are to wear modest apparel. Modest apparel that covers up. Who, who invented clothing? Who invented clothing? Tell me. God did. Where did he do it? Yeah, you got it. Good. In the Garden of Eden, didn't he? He clothed them because they were hiding and they tried to stitch up fig leaves. To, to, to cover, <laughs> that would have been an interesting <laughs> garment that they had on. The Lord said, no, no good. <laughs> Here's some better clothing. But animals had to die to, to, for their skins to be made into clothing. God invented clothing. Man uninvents clothing. That's what they're doing today. They, they try to take as much off. And it's not right. Because the Jesus said, a man looks on a woman to lust because of the dress she wears and Job said don't let my eyes be led astray by that so it's his responsibility of man and woman to be careful of what they wear and what they see um, <clears throat> so there's the dress um, 
We need to be, as 1 Peter 5, 5 tells us, clothed with humility. <laughs> clothed with humility. And as Peter, we've already mentioned, chapter 3, adorned with modest apparel. And then there's the decorum, the behavior side. People think that by certain behaviors, they will get to heaven. We hear on New Year's Day or around that time, um, and well, I've done it too, preached on um, resolutions. <laughs> um, a lot of people live by that, think, well, I've turned over a new leaf and now I'm, you know, reformed. AA can be part of this. You know what I mean, AA? <laughs> and they, they, they turn over a new leaf, but if they have not been saved, they're doing it in their own strength and they're not going to, to make it. That won't last. They'll be tempted to return to the alcohol. Um, <clears throat> turning over a new leaf is not what God wants. <laughs> he doesn't want self-resolution. He wants you to be transformed, <laughs> born again, <laughs> completely new. Our decorum, our behavior is not going to get us to heaven. It's, a, it's marvelous that that thief on the cross got saved that day <laughs> because there's a lot of things we can point to. He never dressed right, probably. I mean, up to that point, he was a, and became wickeder and wickeder as his life progressed, and that's why he was on that cross. Um, he couldn't do any deeds. He couldn't do any diets. He couldn't behave right. He, even on the cross, he was casting accusations of the Lord until a point came where he, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he got saved that day. Do you, do you think the thief's in, that one is in heaven? He's definitely in heaven because Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Oh, what the other thief? Did you hear what they just said? <laughs> You know, it's like that in the world, isn't it? One will be taken out of a family that's saved and all the other family is unsaved. Well, one is unsaved and all the other gets saved. That's very few and far between. <clears throat> Self-reformation and resolution is not what the Lord wants. That's in the strength of the flesh that's done. If you turn to Matthew chapter 12 and verse 43, <clears throat> Matthew 12 and 43, this was the conclusion to the, to the sermon on imputation. <laughs> these, these thoughts this morning. And we have there written, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return to my house from which I came out, and when he is come, he findeth his empty, swept, and garnished. Self-reformation, cleansed up in the strength of the flesh. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. And the Lord was looking at these religious people and said, this self-reformation, this trying to get to heaven by your decorum, by your behavior, is, does not work. In Second Peter 2.20, it reads, For if after they have escaped, the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. They are again entangled in it. They didn't get saved. They got so close. The latter end is worse with them than that the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from it. To turn from it. 
So, <clears throat> diets, deeds, dress, decorum, and fifthly, Galatians chapter 4 and verse 8, days. Days. <clears throat> Will you get to heaven because you go to church every Sunday? And prayer meeting on Wednesday and Sunday night as well and as, as of morning and, and youth group. and uh, No. <laughs> I'm saying, am I saying don't come? No, I'm not saying don't come. <laughs> what I'm saying is not going to get you to heaven. And Galatians chapter 4 <clears throat> and verse 8. <clears throat> where we read this. Nevertheless, when then when he knew God, knew not God, ye did serve unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after ye have known God, or rather are known by God, I'd rather, like the way Paul put it there, you know what? You know what Paul was saying when he said that part of verse nine? He said, "I don't know if you're saved or not, because the way you're going, it seems like you're not. Only God knows if a person's born again." But we can discern, and Paul was discerning here, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements unto which you desire again to be in bondage? Ye observe days and months and times and years. So going back to the Jewish way and system. And it was very regimented, it was very organised, and people like to be that way sometimes, don't we? Well, I hope so. <laughs> organised and disciplined and things are all got a place and are all in their place so forth. And this is the way the Jewish system worked. And uh, if you followed your Jewish system and did all and, 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 and looked them all up, you know, the, the seventh day, the seventh week, the seventh month, and the seventh year, and the 50th year of Jubilee, and you add all those holidays in and divide it into the 50 years and work it out, they had six months a year where they worshipped the Lord in these special days. And it, it would be great to be able to spend that much time in worshipping the Lord, truly worshipping the Lord. But they'd, they'd brought it down and corrupted it all and their heart wasn't in it. And God said, forget your prayers, forget your sacrifices. I don't want any more of them. I'm full of them. I want your heart. I want to change life. Times and years. Now the, there it's talking about the days or times, particular days. Um, <clears throat> turn to Exodus chapter 31. In verse 13. <clears throat> and there was particular days that God had made with his particular people. And verse 31 and 13, we read of Exodus. Well, the Lord spoke to Moses in verse 12. Speak thou unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me, God, and you, the Jewish nation throughout your generations that ye may know that I am the Lord who hath who doth sanctify you and it was a sign between them it was between the Jewish nation and God for the Sabbath there and this it states that now we should we should have a day where we set aside you know six days shall you labor and you, you should rest a day and what was the day of rest just put up your feet worship the Lord Worship the Lord. And uh, I'm glad for those that keep coming to church year after year here at the church and worship the Lord. And spend a, a day. The, the pastor only works on Sunday, doesn't he? 
And so he, he, he's, he's preaching, so he's condemned because he's working on the Sabbath, <laughs> as you know. No. We are here to worship the Lord, to find out about what he wants for our life, to provoke each other to love and to good works, you know, to stir each other up, spiritually speaking. That's what you're here for. So when you go out, yeah, you might mention it's a cold day. That's the weather. Over with now. <laughs> what about the spiritual matters? What about the spiritual matters? And um, Romans 14 deals with it. Colossians 2, we'll just look at that. <coughs> I have two verses there in verse 16 and 17. And it's not by keeping of days. And that what it... The, the Jewish system had got down, we were observing the day, we must have done it right, we've done our bit, let's get on with life. And it's not that. You don't come to church, I've done my bit on Sunday, now I'm right, I'll get on with life. <laughs> and I live in the rest of the secular week, and living secularly. <laughs> uh, no. Chapter 2 in Colossians, verse 16, or part of that, we'll read the whole of it. And it reads there, <clears throat> Let no man therefore judge you in respect in, in, in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day. So we've got the days, but we've got the meat and the drink to start with. A holy day or a new moon or of the Sabbath day. Let no man judge you in regard to this. Now they had a real challenge early in the early church because they were transitioning from the Old Testament to the New Testament system. But, you know, the law to grace. And all the things that were changing and they had to readjust their thinking. Once you get a bit older, you're adjusting to a set mould of thinking. This is the way it is and that's the way it always will be. And they had some changes. Which are a shadow of the things to come, but the body is of Christ. So the days are spoken about there. It's not by observing a certain day that you'll get to heaven. But you are encouraged to uh, meet together, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And so much the more you see the day approaching. And ever, ever there was a day it's approaching, it's now, isn't it? And last, way, last of all, deity's way, God's way of looking at this. And this is in our reading this morning from the book of James, chapter 2. And I, I gave the wrong reference to Elise, that's why she typed chapter 4 in. <laughs> but <clears throat> it's chapter 2, not 4. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? This is the other side. Once we have faith, once imputed righteousness has been given to us, once we're born again, then we should have Christian works. Not for salvation, but because we are saved. Can faith save him? Or can that sort of faith save him that doesn't have works? It doesn't show anything for what's supposed to have happened. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to him, Depart in peace, see ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding, ye give them not those things that are needful to the body. What does it profit? That's not true Christianity. That's not true faith. That's not the imputed righteousness that we are to have and, and live by after we're saved. Even so, faith, if it have not works, is dead being alone. So yes, you say you have faith. <clears throat> God said, show me by your works show me that you're a Christian by what you do the things you are interested in the priorities you have in your Christian life where you go the friends you have you know, we have to have unsaved friends but not as close fellowship friends you have them for the sake of winning them to 
show your example to them. <clears throat> and then he talked about the devil believing as well. It goes right down to verse 26 that Bernie read earlier. Seest thou with Abraham how faith, in verse 22, wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness before any of the works, before circumcision and everything else. And he was called the friend of God. Ye see then that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. You've got to compare that with all the other scriptures. <laughs> Otherwise you could run off and say, look, he, gets, he got saved by works. Look at Romans chapter 4. Um, likewise was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messages and sent them out another way hey she put her life in danger by taking them in she believed she'd heard of what was going on and she'd heard we've heard what's going on with Israel what God's doing and so she believed and um, she, she, she was putting herself in danger she, but her and her house got saved for as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without works is dead also by God's way is by a faith that works. In Romans 4, Romans 3, 20 to 28 almost is all the references there you could read through yourself. Time is gone. And so there are some thoughts for this morning. Let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Bless it to our hearts and understanding as we go. Bless the day and the things that will be done. May we be saved by faith and recognize it not by these works that we think we can get thereby. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.